big news happening all over boxing this uh, this this time of year. It's the end of the year, and everybody wants to know and, and review the year in boxing and have their uh, fight of the year picks and so on and so forth. We may even give you an espresso shot, which is only that. But we got big news, and to me, the big, big news is Tyson Fury leaving his trainer, Ben Davidson, and heading back to his roots at Cronk Gym, founded by Hall of Famer, uh, rest in peace, Emmanuel Stewart. Right. This is a big move because I felt like, as did Freddie Roach, uh, when he was helping in the corner for the fight, the first fight against Deontay Wilder, that if they would have pressed the issue, they might have been able to get Deontay Wilder out of there. That's true. I mean, he looked dominant against Deontay. Sure did. And Ben Davidson was at, I wonder how much of this has to do with Ben Davidson being at Deontay Wilder's last fight and watching him knock out Virgil Ortiz. Uh, sorry, not Virgil Ortiz, uh, King Kong Ortiz. Uh-huh. And then say, uh, and then and then come out afterwards to all the fighting blogs and say, uh, clearly, he is the hardest puncher in the division and maybe of all time. That's not in question. And it, it was almost like praise that he was heaping upon him. And he, he went too far. He didn't add any, but my guy's better. Uh-huh. But my guy got up when he got hit. Mm-hmm. There was none of that. He went too far. And he was. He was very impressed with Deontay's work against and Luis Ortiz. And the way that they made it sound like is that he went out there on a uh, you know scouting expedition. Yes. Basically to scout Deontay Wilder. and To see where he was. Got caught up in the emotion of the fight. He got <laughs> caught up. That knockout was too much for him. <laughs> Cost him his gig. Cost him his gig. I mean, he had a great game plan, which wasn't too difficult for Deontay Wilder, you know, to beat him. And which and Tyson Fury had the discipline to stick to that game plan. Yes. And they pretty much just incorporate that with a little bit more conditioning, and I think that you guys can take his belt. Man, and he's been holding that belt for almost five years. Yeah. Almost five years. And it, I'm very interested to see the other big news was that post that you sent me that just has to be a joke. It wasn't. Uh, unbelievable. And the, the, the two-time champion, heavyweight champion, who has all the belts more or less, yes. uh, Anthony Joshua, reached out publicly to Tyson Fury and said, hey, if you need a sparring partner for your fight against Deontay Wilder for the rematch, I'm there for you. We're going to fight eventually, me and you, but I'm willing to be your sparring partner for this. That's crazy, right? And Tyson Fury, this must be a British thing. Uh-huh. It was dope to read. It, it was really exciting. Right? <laughs> because then Tyson Fury responds with, I hope you weren't kidding because I could use you. <laughs> and it, that's great, man. I, I, that's, that's, I would pay to go see that sparring. Right, right. And the thing of it is that, Anthony Joshua is so humble, and a lot of people don't like the guy because he doesn't walk around with the bravado or yeah. whatever, the machismo or however you want to put it on him. But he's just honest. He said, you know what? I'll learn a lot from even sparring against a guy like that. And he will. Uh, he, and he will because he, he said he's going to really a, recommit himself to, to, the, the, to the gym. Uh-huh. Yeah, to the game of boxing. Uh-huh. Not to the weight room, but to the gym. No, to boxing. no, to the boxing gym. Because when he beat Andrew Ruiz last weekend, what he did was put on a boxing clinic, which he stayed on his toes. He fought like a fighter did back in the, the, the 70s and 80s. He's, you know. No, nah, you can't go that far. No, he did. He formatted his style but, but, after that. Yeah, but he did not fight it to the execution of the level of the 70s heavyweights because those guys also, somebody is on the mat. In every 70s heavyweight fight, somebody's on the mat. That's that, But most of them aren't fighting against a guy who weighs 300 pounds. If None they, of them are. But <laughs> if they were, he would be on the mat early. I, know, I don't know. George Foreman. George, George, George Foreman. But we're talking about Ernie an Shaver anomaly. Putting you on the mat? Two guys. And everybody else is going to it's going Larry to Larry Holmes going to get you on the, on, the, on, the, no. on, the, on the mat after all them jabs the, in 15? In, are in you 15? crazy? But I'm saying that he, Are you crazy? But his style, he, he patterned. Ron Lyle? 
I'm still, 300 pounds is a lot of man. That's what? Them ones and twos have the answer to uh, A lot of man, down. and it takes 15 it, rounds to get you out of there. It no, doesn't, doesn't take 12. Because, yes, because the thing that Andy Ruiz had exposed that AJ didn't have the skill set to expose was that 300 pounds to the body. There was no body work because he was so concerned with, you know, lowering himself, which I understand. It was mm-hmm. a very cautious thing, and I agree with what Tyson Fury said, which was, I'd rather I'd rather win a fight in a cautious manner than lose spectacularly so that the fight fans can be happy exactly. about a spectacular fight. Sounds like that's what you wanted, though. No, that's not what I wanted. I got, wanted I'm, you, I'm not mad at him. I just don't. I'm not going to give him extra accolades as though. What extra, what's extra accolades did I give him? I told him he, he fought his fight as the he patterned his fight after the guys from the 70 or 80s. He said that he fought just like those guys in the and, Well, I'm still saying that he, he fought those. Yes, he did. Guys, he did. Those guys get you on your back, though, T. Not yeah, all of them. They do. No, they don't. Not all of them Joe do. Frazier I, don't put guys on their back. I'm not even talking about knocking them out. I'm talking about getting you off your feet. But like I said before, the, back in the day, the heavyweights did not weigh anywhere close to what the heavyweights weigh now. Madam Secretary, we have once again sidestepped <laughs> the facts because <laughs> Senator Miller cannot defend his statement. I did defend in, my in, statement. No, he no, sidestepped no, no, the no. facts. <laughs> did not. Oh, my. 300 God. pounds of man is a lot of man. They don't even have – they didn't – I can't remember one guy. The closest person probably to weigh close to 300 back in the day was George Foreman. I think he was probably like 250, 240. Yeah, and, but that's because that sort of weight is <laughs> not, not good. It's not conducive to being a successful boxer. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I mean, I mean that. So, the, but they imply, but they imply though, the, but to imply that those guys would just top it out at six feet tall. Yeah, but to imply that these guys would just get a guy that three hundred pounds off of his feet is not being honest. It, and that's not true. It is being honest. It would take close to fifteen rounds to get a guy three hundred pounds. Even with George Foreman and Ron Lyles fault, and they went toe to toe for fifteen rounds. They, they didn't even go fifteen rounds. I think four rounds. Yeah, they didn't even go fifteen. <laughs> yeah, went four rounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying to tell I'm, you. Theirs went longer than four rounds. No, it didn't. Ron Lyle and George Foreman? Yeah. They went four rounds. No. Let me look Maybe it up. five. I do believe they went four rounds. In a fight that if you haven't seen, go watch on YouTube. Great fight. It's arguably <laughs> the greatest heavyweight fight of all time. Great it's fight. It's a great fight. It is a rock up soccer robot. Uh, and? Loving it. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed. But either way it goes, I wasn't overly impressed with him not getting him off his feet. But I was impressed with the fact that he had the discipline to stay with his fight. And man, oh man, would I be impressed to see him join up to fight? That would have to motivate Deontay Wilder in a way that I can't even. Man, if you if you read that, I'm surprised Deontay hasn't come out and said anything. But what can Deontay say? Because Deontay really has not done anything to to even act like he wanted to fight Anthony Joshua, really. I mean, now that the guy's got his belts back and he has a lot to say. But before that, you know, he was sending out, you know, condolences and, you know, he wasn't what we thought he was. He was celebrating as if he had beat him. He celebrated as though he beat him, without <laughs> and, question. Yeah, and now, you know, he's he's grumbling and he's mumbling, but I haven't heard him say anything about them getting it on. Yeah, yeah. Well, in other action... Did you find out how long the fight was? I'm, I'm digging it up right now, child. Uh, in, other, in other action that uh, has taken place over the weekend, Terrence Bud Crawford fought the mean machine out of, I do believe, Lithuania and actually had a little trouble early. And a lot of fight fans are talking about now, suddenly, everybody wants to talk about how he would fare against Earl Spence and they don't believe that it would be what they once thought it was. Now, I didn't get to see that whole fight. I was at a uh, an event, but I got to see it after I heard. I was on Twitter, and I saw everybody saying that, that Bud got knocked down and didn't. They didn't call didn't it. Call you, it. Didn't, you didn't see the, the. I didn't see the knockdown. I couldn't find it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
They keeping it under wraps. Yeah, so. yeah, I kept looking. I was looking for it. They showed all of his highlights when he knocked the dude out. Yeah, no, he put him down. He he got he hit him hard too. And Bud, he hit him hard from the point that I saw. I saw from the fifth round on, fourth or fifth round on. And Bud looked like he was, you know, he was he was in trouble. The first half of that fight, he was in trouble. Uh, he turned it up. He, what he did do was show a champion's heart. But yeah. he was in trouble, man. I mean, yeah. and that's, and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. And there's nothing wrong with that. He got up if, off the floor. If anything, if anything, it's more impressive. Yeah, and, that's and what I'm, I'm talking tired about. of everybody acting like there's something wrong with a guy getting hit or a guy in a fight down <laughs> in a fight from another high end guy that's a two time Olympian. Come on. So what can you do? He ended up getting that guy out of there. He, in a nice fashion, too. He did. Bullied him out of there. He did. And so, you know, I, I'm not really mad at Bud's performance. And I, I am more concerned with uh, the health of Earl Spence because Bob Arum came out and said he had insider information that the fight won't happen between them in 2020 or 2021 because of what he deems, and he won't out his source, as credible information that says Earl Spence's health from the accident is still remains to be seen if he'll be back in the ring at all and ready to fight at the championship level uh, and legal issues soon. and legal issues. Really, really unfortunate, man. Then do I love watching Earl Spence Jr. fight? So now all eyes have shifted to a fight potentially between Bud Crawford and Sean Porter, who we know is always game. He's ready to go right now. He's ready to go. And I t- how about your boy Tim Bradley catching a lot of flack, a lot of grief for his uh, – he for his post-fight antics. I watched his it. rant. I was like, what are you doing? It looked like Andre, Andre Ward was looking at him like, what are you bugging it out? Yeah, 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 <laughs> bugging it out. out right now, B. He lost his – and not only that, why Why do they keep acting like the fighters won't fight Bud Crawford? That's not the problem. Bob Arum is the problem. Bob Arum is stopping him from being able to leave that stable to go out and fight the other big opponents that are out there for him to fight. Well, he's the only guy that Arum has at exactly. 47 – and he has a belt, and it needs to be protected. Not that I don't think it's Bud. I don't think Bud is Me fighting anybody. And honestly, you're crazy if you don't think Bud gives a fight to anybody in the league. He gives a great fight to anybody in the league, and, and chances are 90% of the guys he's going to beat. I never thought he could beat Errol Spence. but that I don't think that, he could beat Sean. I, I was just about to say, I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure from Sean because the guy needs to – for he's notorious for starting slow. And – Clearly, the mean machine noticed that and said, you know what? I'm going straight after him. And he had him in trouble, didn't have enough to get him out of there, and Bud is a champion, and he showed the heart of a champion, and he came back. In other action, Teofimo Lopez uh, won in spectacular fashion, at which point he was very interested in getting verbal and vocal and calling out Vasily Lomachenko. He said he wants all the smoke. He's going to knock that effer out because he doesn't like his ass. I think that's big talk. Uh, and Tiafimo's good. I like Tiafimo. You don't think he got him, though? I don't know. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko is good, despite what everybody thinks that I seem to think about him. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying he needs more. I need more evidence than 12 fights to crown him the greatest pound for pound. Uh, but I think it's going to be a. I think that's going to be a good fight. If they say uh, uh, since he got Comey out of there, they, they're talking about February 29th. The real superstar potentially is Golden Boy's Virgil Ortiz Jr. Though man, that guy looks great. Are you kidding me? Man, he looks good. He did. Was it probably your first time seeing him? No, I've seen him fight before, and we've spoken about him. Actually, me and Ellie spoke about him on air before. Uh huh. That kid can go. He's got it all, and he's a part of that Garcia family of boxing, and they teach you how to get it done the right way. I mean, he looks great, dude. He, there's nothing to stop him from going all the way to the top. And, and the guy that he fought was actually just not like a journeyman. That guy no. had skill set. He sure did. 
He, he sure was did. sticking and moving and everything, but he got caught with a couple of good shots, and he actually hit Ortiz. Right. With a, it did, and Ortiz wore him. And he wore him. He walked through him. Man, that, that that kid is serious. And staying in that Garcia camp, it's been announced that Mikey Garcia will fight uh, Jesse Vargas and uh, and has signed with Matchroom and Eddie Hearn. This is going to be interesting for I think it was only a one or two fight deal, uh-huh. and which makes sense because Mikey is after getting frozen out of the league for two or three years by Bob Arum and his dispute with Top Rank. You can see why he would be reluctant to sign a long term deal. Right, that's not necessarily what he's looking for. Um, but I'm interested to see the fight. It'll be Mikey's first time back in the ring since that lopsided beating he took from Earl Spence. But now uh, th- this will be interesting to see. I, do you know if this fight is at 40? I don't know 47? where it is right now because, they, you know, they've been sort of vague with it so far. So I don't know where the, what um, what the weight is. And he's staying at 147. Is he? Wow, look at that. I wonder why he's doing that. I mean, he's getting older, so maybe it's easier for him to carry that weight. Maybe. I mean, but he's unbeatable at 140 and below. I know, but you know Nobody what? beats Mikey at 140 and but below. It, but it's harder for him to probably to... I'm sure. And, and he's going to lose and, a little bit. And top rank will never give him that fight, which is the biggest fight to make down there against Vasily Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. We, before, we know that. Yeah, we know they won't give him the fight, which is terrible. Uh, but going on this weekend... And Foreman, they went five rounds. It was five rounds. Yeah. And you know what? Ron Lyles was 34 years old. Which is crazy, boy. He did the time in the and, pen. And and Foreman was 27. He was in the pen. I want to say he did old. five. Something crazy. Like, he did hard time. If you haven't seen him, watch that uh, documentary, Facing Ali. They talk about they talk to Ron Lyle directly, and he talked about doing 1,000 push-ups an hour yeah. off a bowl of spinach. This dude was hard. <laughs> and he was mean. A hard puncher, too. Yeah, and a, a tough fighter. And he talked about how Muhammad, fighting Muhammad Ali changed his life, the trajectory of his life, yeah. which is great. Uh, and so this weekend coming up, where we are going to be is uh, matter of fact, have you checked in on the tickets? We got to get no, a ticket do. game I together. Hit, I got to hit him. Unless we got to go buy him um, with Jermel Charlo versus Tony Harrison from Detroit. And boy, oh boy, he's talking stupid at the at the uh, the weigh in and everything. If you go back and look at that fight, Harrison did not win, and it wasn't really even close to me. And we're going to see, because we know good and well that Charlo and Derrick James want their belts back. They want them back. They need to have them back in the stable. Yeah, and it's going <laughs> to be taking place in Ontario, California, folks. If you are interested, if you're in the area, it should be a good night of fighting uh, out in Ontario. Charlo brother, little Charlo as he's known, Jermel, fighting Tony Harrison. Also taking place this weekend, friend of the Ozone, King Gabe Rosado is back in the ring. Out in Phoenix uh, on Friday, in, which is uh, an event that's headlined by Danny Jacobs versus uh, Chavez Jr. And so uh, this is it's a big week for boxing and wrapping it up for the year. Going to be time to, to see who gives us fight of the year and who wins the fight of the year, round of the year, all that good stuff. You also got on here word of, unfortunately, Vladimir Klitschko talking a comeback. Looks like he's not, years old. Looks like he's not impressed by the heavyweights of today. <laughs> <laughs> but he really hasn't taken that much punishment. You know, no, not over the last no. 12 years. I mean, the only person that really touched him up was, was Joshua. Was Joshua. And that might be enough. That is enough at 43. Yeah, and that's big man pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great champion, but it just seems like it's so hard to put them put them down. It's so hard to put the gloves down. Yeah. Right? You've done everything. You've done you everything. were a champ for like 10 years. You held the belt. Right, just like Evander's talking about coming back. Wow. I mean, come on, Don't man. do it. Don't do it. These guys, Don't the young guys are going to rip you a new one. Yeah, and you're going to end up in the, in a bad space. Speaking of a bad space, shout out to the champ. Leon Spinks had a, a health scare, health event, and his, his wife is calling for thoughts and prayers. Yeah, they hadn't said what's wrong with him, though. No. No, which usually isn't the yeah the greatest sign. 
Um, it's a lot of punishment in the in the in the sport of boxing. A lot of punishment. that catches up with you later on. That's why it's and it seems like it catches up to you all at once. Yeah, and it's just it's, it's a need for them to have some kind of health care or benefits or something. Yeah, because these guys get in a bad way like this, and then you know we don't know Leon's situation, but you know I can't imagine that he's too well off that he you know can stay yeah. at hospital for for so long without breaking his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. So shout out to the champ, and uh, we're praying for him for sure. Also, we have former pound-for-pound king Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez is fighting uh, December 23rd. He's taking on a fellow named Diomel Diosos. And uh, a tune-up fight, he said it's necessary to get him back in title contention next year. He says uh, his manager said Roman is highly motivated. He's looking sharp, and his knee is back to normal even better. Roman's eager to showcase that his knee is in great condition after surgery and that with God's help, he will be the junior bantamweight king once again. We understand that it takes one step at a time, but he is more than ready. Very interested to see if he can regain his uh, former dominance. It's going to be difficult. And whatever happened to the tie, homie? That's what I want to know. He had, just like had girl problems. He disappeared he had, off the map. You're having girl problems. I feel bad for you, son. <laughs> Messed up his mind, scrambled his eggs off. Did. He did. hasn't been able to make that comeback. He looked terrible his last fight. He sure did. His mind is all messed Man. up. And speaking of which, uh, Canelo vacated his WBO light heavyweight title and thus moving As back he should have. As he should have. And I actually spoke to someone the other day who felt like you, who felt like Kovalev took an actual direct monetary dive. No question. So... Uh, and and then the final piece we want to cover in boxing is uh, an unfortunate one, and it's that Adrian Broner is on the hook for eight hundred thirty thousand dollars for uh, sexual a, a assault. sexual assault in a club that he pleaded guilty to, and that a civil court decided that uh, needed to he needed to pay for. He pleaded guilty, right? That was like the the if I remember I'm reading that sure. correctly. Hold on, because it's all on TMZ Sports. I really hope that Adrian Broner gets. Uh, I really hope that he he gets himself together. I know he didn't. Um, he didn't appear in court and didn't defend himself or contest the charges, which led to a default judgment. Ah, yeah, and more legal problems as well because uh, Josh Taylor actually ran into some problems uh, being on a drunk bender out in uh, Scotland and cussed out and dropped some homophobic slurs apparently and cussed out a doorman of wow. Asian descent. And that he actually said that he he agrees he was out of line. So now so, he's got uh, a, somebody about to pat their pockets on him. Yeah. Oh, look at this. And now it seems Anthony Joshua's already regretting his public offer to spar Tyson mm-hmm. Fury. <laughs> when I look back at some of the ish I say, mate, I say, why did I say that? <laughs> you know? What am I doing? Mate. Yeah, but this thing with Broner is really unfortunate. Um, We're watching a guy literally implode, self-destruct. Dude. This dude is literally... And he's, you know, despite the money that he says that he has, you can't go around paying a million dollars out no. to people it catches up too, with too often. This is a lot of money, you know. This is this is a big deal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he he uh, he didn't. Yeah, that's what it was. He didn't show up to defend himself, and with that, he's forfeited a million bucks basically. Um, that's a big time no show. That's a big time no show, and I mean. Hopefully the lady's all right. That that's not cool. Uh, also, in the world of basketball, you see uh, ex commissioner David Stern, who is really like solely responsible for taking basketball worldwide. Right. Uh, he's in serious conditions, surrounded by loved ones. It could be time. So he's surrounded by loved ones right now, huh? That's what they're saying. Wow, that's what they're saying. He had an aneurysm, correct? Yeah. Now that's never a you know that's never a good look. He had a sudden brain hemorrhage, 
and he was at a restaurant in Manhattan, and uh, they said the, the NBA re- uh, put out a statement saying that he's receiving great care and he's surrounded by his loved ones. Wow. So we'll see. We will see what happens. But moving on to the big money sport, and I ain't talking about football. The Major League Baseball hot stove has heated up and it's on fire. <laughs> it's not even a stove anymore. <laughs> it's not even. This Straight is a, inferno. This is a full blaze. <laughs> Where do you think Lindor is going? I, you know what? They're feeling office right now. The Dodgers are after him. The Dodgers are supposed to be after him big time. I the, have the, no idea the why. The Dodgers are supposed to be after Mookie Betts. They're after Mookie Betts. They're after Lindor. I mean, they're after everybody. I heard they were after you. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if I can help anymore. But what I can tell you is, is I ran into Stan Kasten at a restaurant oh, really? in Los Angeles. And I said, how do you feel? He said, like a loser. And that is saying a lot wow. for a man who's very wealthy. Put together, actually, that Washington Nationals team that just won the World Series. Also got the Atlanta Braves back on, on the right course. And uh, that's that's saying a lot for that guy to feel that way. And I appreciated, as a Dodger fan, I appreciated him saying that that's how he felt, even right. though I don't think he's a loser. So they're trying to figure out how to get over the hump. I also really appreciate what Clayton Kershaw's response was to the Astros cheating. You saw that? No, what did he say? He said, you know what? That really sucks. <laughs> he said, uh, I don't really care what their punishment is unless it means that we win that World Series. He goes, I, I have to be honest, I was pretty surprised that I gave up that lead twice down there in game five. He said, and um, and uh, it's, it's he goes, we're all out here trying to get any edge we can to win. He said, but when you start using technology and cameras and video, right. it's really unacceptable. I don't know if they can do anything to stop technology at this point. Right? What, but can, it, but what it can does, you do? But you know what it does do? It does actually make it make sense of how much more effective Clayton Kershaw was in Dodger Stadium during that series. Yeah. Because in game one, he actually came out and dealt. Yeah. yeah. I think he gave up two runs over seven or something like that, if I remember correctly. He wasn't even really pitching bad the game that they jumped on him. It was just that one inning. And yeah, maybe yeah. that was when they did, you know, they figured it out. The Da Vinci Code. I mean, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you know what else he didn't pitch bad was game seven after he came in, which mm-hmm. we all know that if he was available to start, he should have just started. Right. But they in game seven, he pitched one, five, and seven. He came in in game seven and shut them down, I think, for five or six scoreless uh-huh. after you Darvish got in trouble. You was in trouble. I don't even know if that was the, the, the character. <laughs> no, no, you no, no. Was in, you was in trouble. But, but no, you was in – George Springer let it off with a, with a double. <laughs> that had nothing to do with that. <laughs> but it did, though, after the fact, because if you remember, he was on his way to pitching out of that, and Cody Bellinger threw a ball. They start throwing the ball around. And then when the well, guy – you do? You throw the ball already, around. When the guy's already <laughs> – when his confidence is already on the road, you start throwing the ball around. Forget about it. Circus is in town. This, <laughs> they're calling people out of the crowd. That's how it goes. Yeah, so – Rendon got in a little bit of hot water for his statements about the Hollywood lifestyle. You catch that? Yeah, but I don't know why. He knows what's best for him and his family. So why should he stray away from that? I think it was just the delivery. I think that's all it was. Even if it was the delivery. Listen to the message. He's yeah. saying that it's bad for him. He knows his weakness, I guess. And he said that, you know what? It's best for him and his family to stay out the light. And he, said yeah. he spoke with a lot of people. And, about it, it. and we've seen it before. We have definitely seen it before. It brings you down. L.A. can do that. We have that power. It can build you up. Yeah, but matter (laughs) where are you in your life? You know that's true. He's a family man. That's true. So you know if he's going to come and live this kind of lifestyle in L.A., you got to you know if he wants to finger pop and all that kind of stuff, get caught up hanging out and all that. Well, it's not like he's two hours away. He could drive down the street. He could walk. It doesn't even matter if he's in Washington. He can fly down. But that's what I'm uh, saying. Multi millionaire. (laughs) He owns a mansion (laughs) and a yacht. (laughs) Exactly. 
Biggest surprise of the offseason to me so far is Madison Bumgarner choosing the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> he said something about his four-inch horses. He like, <laughs> <laughs> baseball players are special people, dude. Are you kidding me? Something about his horses. I would be about surprised horses, if it had something to do with massive Trump support in Arizona. And and just being uh, so, Bumgarner's a Trump supporter. I don't know, but I know that he's from North Carolina, and mm, yeah. he he comes off to me like he could be MAGA, and I don't know uh, Maxi Priest and MAGA. And if he is, it had to be very difficult for him living in San Francisco for the past ten years. <laughs> very <laughs> had to be very uncomfortable. They put the liberal in liberal, right? <laughs> so so he decided to sign for five and eighty five million down in Arizona for what reason I don't understand because they don't have anything going in Arizona when it comes to being a championship contender. Maybe That's crazy, right? I he would have done better went to San Diego. He would have done better to go to San Diego. He sure would have. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. Dodgers signed Blake Trinan. Which That's is, a big signing. Which is a big signing, especially depending on how they want to use him in relation to Kenley Jansen. I think that he's going to close. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you get him to not close. Yeah. You know? Uh, you want to speak about Tampa and the kid, uh, Yoshitomo uh, Susugo? That familiar with his work, but his numbers look very impressive. Yeah, I don't know how they translate into the you know the show, the show yeah. because he had twenty nine bombs. So over here, then that means maybe you give him, yeah, you give him love. <laughs> yeah, I'm going by fifteen sixty. Yeah, bat two forty. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we throw that cheese over here, boy. They go that gas, yeah. but he's, he's going to be fooling with Hunter Renfro. So we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. Maybe that'll help. Matters where they put him in the lineup. Yeah, but uh, he actually would have benefited from being around Tommy Pham. I think. <laughs> yeah, in What's the up, lineup. And then uh, Corey Kluber <laughs> to the Rangers. Just funny, Corey Kluber, they just moved Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber's got to be maybe one of the most underappreciated aces of modern of the modern era. Right. Because since he blossomed later, he didn't really ever get that crazy, crazy deal. Uh, even the deal that he got was team-friendly. And uh, Corey Kluber can dominate with anybody during that period when he was dominant. Well, he broke his arm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they might be a little scared at this point. gun shy. But then you have Clevenger also that's coming up now. Now, they're talking about Clevenger to the Dodgers. As well. They're they're talking about Clevenger and Lindor, and they're talking about how they don't want to give up Gavin Lux. And to me, the guy I wouldn't want to give up is Dustin May. Oh, Dustin May. Are they going to give up Dustin May? They're talking about Dustin May and Gavin Lux, and that's why 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 the the deal isn't happening. at this point, then. I'm not giving up Dustin May. Yeah, he's nice. That kid has the potential to be uh, a, a big, a generational big, talent. Yeah, he's got the big. Arm. And I'm not mad at Gavin Lux, but they're talking about Alex Verdugo. Uh, wow, yeah, Lindor because it's two years of Lindor. They're talking about Verdugo. Uh, that sounds like a book. <laughs> it's a Verdugo. <laughs> two, yeah. two years of Lindor. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. It's a reflection piece. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on designing. This I call two years of Lindor. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah, so I yeah, I can't give it. I can't give it all that up. That's like giving it all up for Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of that's a lot of booty up there. Yeah, you're giving out a lot of booty. I don't know if I can do it. Lux, Verdugo, and May. I mean, this is like the cornerstone of of a potential new franchise you you can see that the older players they're phasing out i mean do you think that you're going to be able to get that from red turn now so the dodgers should actually well, be in the mar- market for josh donaldson honestly yeah and that's why they were apparently heavily in the market for rendon yeah so they they i didn't there was there was talk about red turn moving to second base or i don't know what's going to happen to be honest folks we'll keep an eye on the hot stove but this has been an action-packed full episode of the Ozone. Very happy to be back in our studio and enjoying this. And, and and we had some technical difficulties, folks, and now we're back at it. Expect a big 2020 out of us. want to leave you with a quote from uh, one of my ex-girlfriend's favorites, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it is, 
Peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is, rather than as you think it should be. We're all in this thing together, folks, and we're looking for some peace, some love, and some harmony. I'm your host, Omar Miller. Take care of one another, and this is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.